It's finally summer break for all of those still in school. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today, I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true summer break stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Before we jump right into these stories, I just need to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, IPVanish. IPVanish is a virtual private network, a VPN for short. A VPN is a super important tool that helps you safely browse the internet. You can use a VPN on your computers, tablets, phones, and even things like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use a VPN, all your data is encrypted. What you're reading, what you're searching, what you're doing, anything. That's important because what you're doing on the internet is nobody's business but yourself. IP Vanish helps you remain anonymous and secure on the internet. For listeners of the show, IP Vanish is offering an incredible 65% off. That's just $349 for the first month, or $3149 for the year. Here's everything you get with IP Vanish. You get an anonymous IP address. This means your personal IP address can't be tracked by anyone on the web. You can circumvent any online censorship. IP Venice has more than 1,500 servers in 70 plus locations. You can get protection when using public Wi-Fi. Remember, with IP Vanish, all your data is encrypted, so no one can snoop on what you're doing, no matter where you are. You get 24-7 support. You can email them, chat with them, even call them. They're here to help. So go to IPVanish.com swamped and claim your 65% savings. They have plans starting at just $349 a month or $3149 a year. This is the time to sign up. With our discount and their current promotional offerings, you can get a VPN for 65% off their usual offering. IP Vanish is the best of the best, even rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot, and that's with more than 6,000 reviews. Show these guys some love. They're repeat sponsors of the show. Remember, it's IPVanish.com swamped to get the deal and start protecting yourself online. I grew up in a small town near Raleigh, North Carolina, on the kind of road where tax collectors show up and are never seen again. The lots were all two-plus acres, with giant wooded nature preserves behind it. There were three main families that lived on the road, so my family, coming in from Connecticut in the summer of 1990, stuck out like a sore thumb. But they were all exceedingly kind to us. One old man, who had my parents' house two owners prior, was seriously named Stonewall Jackson Harrison. He told the most stories about my house, and it was apparently the second house that was built there. The first one had burned down mysteriously, with the owners inside. Evidently, the street was far less welcoming to new neighbors a few generations prior. The second house, the one I grew up in, was built in the 1930s. Apparently, it was like a Sears catalog style, with old scraps of wood from the nearby lumber mill that used to exist down the street. My dad was a carpenter, and we ended up renovating it from a small single-story bungalow into a two-story Victorian with a tower and wraparound porch. Over the course of 20 years or so, the more we renovated, the less spooky stuff we saw around the house and land. 
and the old heart of the house where the hallway used to exist between the two bedrooms and the sole bathroom stayed original until the day we sold it in 2016. No matter what time of day it was, you almost always saw the bottom edges of long, ruffled dresses or old trousers as they walked into one of those three doorways. Once I saw a full-body man standing in the doorway in the reflection of a mirror on the opposite wall, with a red shirt, dark pants, and dark hair, with a full beard, while I was messing with my hair as a dorky teenage girl. I honestly thought it was my father at first, since red was his favorite color, and he had a similar hairstyle, and I actually turned around in the middle of a conversation I was starting with him, until I realized there was no one in the doorway, or in the house at all and that the man was so tall, his head had almost brushed up against the top of the doorway, at least six inches taller than my dad ever was. I never saw that man ever again. I have two younger brothers, and when we first moved in, they lived in the attic that my dad finished for them as a makeshift shared room, until we created a full second floor. My brother, who is closest in age to me, by a year and a half my junior, has always been sensitive to energy, and... For the first summer we lived there, something woke him up almost every single night of the week for a month straight. I know all the legends say it's 3am, but it was always 2am at that house. Maybe they lived before daylight saving time or something. My brother dealt with it for weeks before finally admitting it to me. Something had been shaking him awake several nights a week, always around 2am, for weeks on end. Being the protective eldest sister I was... I was upset with this ghost for bothering my brother's sleep. After all, if anyone was going to annoy my little brother, it was going to be me. So, I did what any sane, 10-year-old girl would do. I wrote the ghost a very sternly worded letter, telling it that if it wanted to bother anyone, it needed to pick a fight with me. After that night, my brother seemingly was never awakened by this ghost or being or entity or whatever it was ever again. Many other odd things did happen in the house after that point, however. Once, we casually tossed a pair of boots out of the treehouse when we got tired of trying to sleep in it overnight, and we found them carefully laid by the side in the grass, 20 feet away, as though they were carefully placed there. Another time, a friend and I used a Ouija board in my bedroom, one of the two original rooms that we had never changed the whole time we lived there, and asked if there were secrets hidden anywhere in the house. It spelled out rake and roof. My friend and I ran outside and started looking at the roof, searching for a garden tool on the shingles, as though that made sense. My dad was working on the roof at the time and asked what we were doing. When we told him we were looking for a rake on the roof, he froze for a second and did a double take. That word hasn't been used in a very long time, but about a hundred years ago or so, the overhang of our roof used to be called the rake of the roof. It took me weeks before I explained to my dad that my mom's old Ouija board from the 70s taught me the term. By that time, he had already taken the old roof off the house and gotten rid of the old debris, so I never learned what may have been hidden in or written on anything in the original roof's overhang. Occasionally, things would get more personal. After my dad's dad died, he visited me in my dreams in the backyard of that house. Even though I was not living there then, to make sure I was doing okay. The same way he used to do when he'd call me every Friday when I lived alone in my early 20s. When my mom's mom died, my brother woke up within an hour of her death, claiming she had called him on the phone to say goodbye. My mom found out my grandmother had died about an hour or two later. 
When my dad's youngest brother died, he got woken up around the same time my uncle passed and heard the doorbell, even though it was not functional at the time. After some time, we all just got used to it. My brother used to have parties in the backyard, and I'd meet people years later upon realizing where I used to live, and they would actually say, That house is so creepy, you couldn't pay me to go back there. It happened several times over the years, but I guess writing a very sternly worded letter to a ghost at a young age made them treat me and my family with an odd measure of respect. Anyway, that is my story. It was my summer break. I was 15 at the time and my older sister was 16. My mother decided to go visit my grandmother and grandfather in Mexico. We would visit the small town in Luvianos, which was the town closest to their ranch. The ranch was about 15 miles away from the town in a little secluded and hidden area in the mountains and hills. There was little law enforcement at the time and the people of the town decided to create their own law enforcement, which I found a little uncomforting. We flew into Mexico City and then took a car ride for about three or four hours to the town and then another ride to where my mother lived. For a few days, everything was great. I would wake up early, go herd the cows from a massive hill and corral them and milk them, enjoy the views and relax. I remember the exact date and time of this encounter because I had my phone in hand. It was Thursday. I could not sleep so I decided to watch some anime until I got sleepy. I had downloaded some episodes for the occasion. After a couple of hours watching, I needed to use the restroom. The restroom was not inside the house, but outside in a little hut type thing. The house had a massive tree beside it, where they had little chicken corralled. The restroom was in the front of the house, but to the right of it. The tree is a tall seba with no branches until it reaches the canopy. It was 3.24 a.m., and I left the house while staring at my phone when my body froze. I was halfway to the restroom when my heart started pumping, as if I was running a triathlon. I looked up from my phone to the tree to see this thing staring at me. It looked like a person, or at least its silhouette did. I somehow came over the fear that froze me and slowly walked into the restroom. Its eyes were blank almost like the thing was unconscious, but they felt threatening at the same time. I did not believe in anything supernatural at the time, although cryptids did interest me. I was always a skeptic, so me being a dumb, rational thinker, thought I was just being dumb and decided to use the restroom and watch anime. Until a few minutes passed, and I heard a thump, and I felt the ground shake a little. It had jumped from the tree to the ground in front of the restroom. I felt trapped, and I started to have a little bit of a panic attack. When I accidentally turned off the light in the restroom, I held my breath and tried to calm myself when I heard footsteps slowly getting farther. I felt a sudden relief and calmed down. I waited about 15 minutes to leave the restroom and go back into the house. In the morning, while we were all at the table having breakfast, I asked my mom if she heard anything last night, and she replied with a confused, no. My sister looked at me like an idiot and mocked me. I asked my grandfather if he has seen anything late at night in the trees. He told me about the lizards and occasional raccoon, but I knew what I saw was much larger than both. 
I explained what I saw and he gave me a worried look. He soon got up and muttered, Again? Under his breath. Later in the day, I saw him in the back of the house burning some herbs and looking around. My grandmother set out a little statue of the Virgin Mary. Nothing else seemingly happened for the rest of that trip, but to this day, looking on the internet for what I saw, I do not know what it was. I wanted to share this to see if anybody else has had a similar experience. I am from Saluda, South Carolina, an incredibly old and rural country town, steeped in Indian history. My grandparents are descendants of sharecroppers. They have been on the land for over a century and a half. We used to go from the city to the country every summer from Atlanta to South Carolina in the country. It was a very set schedule. Wake up, eat, go outside, play, come back at noon, get back out and play. No in and out kind of stuff. Dust comes, we all go up and wash up, eat, pray, and go to sleep. My brother and I would run off into the field and play all day, skip rocks at lakes, shoot squirrels and rabbits with BB guns. We would eat berries, all sorts of fun. Well, in one part of the pasture, there was a circle of trees and bushes that even the cows would not go in. Our grandmother told us that it was an Indian burial ground or something, and we were to stay out of it. It was off limits. Every summer, we went up to South Carolina. My brother and I got closer and closer to that strange place. We could see staffs and hanging skulls and feathers and strange tombstones and crows and all these weird artifacts all around. It seemed like the closer we got, the more eerie it became. We could hear strange sounds, like that of distant drumming or something like that. Every so often, I swear we would see apparitions of a chief... It would always be in the distance, though. And then sometimes, we would see a lone eagle or hawk flying overhead, cawing at us as we got ready to enter the patch. Well, we told our grandmother about it, and she told us to stay out of there, that we should not disturb the dead, or bad things would happen. Being a kid, I was hard-headed, and one day, coming back from a pond, fishing, I walked past the cemetery. I ran up to it, Slowing down the closer I got, I could see all the same things. The staffs, the feathers, the Indian arrowheads, the bones, etc. This time I grabbed one of the arrowheads and ran off. I went back to the house. When I got in, I went into my room to examine it, and my grandmother yelled, Y'all get ready to eat lunch. I stashed the arrowhead under my mattress before I could look at it and eat. After eating, my grandmother was in the kitchen and said, Son... I told you to stay out of that cemetery. I said I was not in it, Grandma. She said, yes, you were. I know you were. I got silent and thought of how she could possibly know. You cannot see the cemetery from the house nor at any vantage point. She has not been in my room because she was in the kitchen the entire time. After I finished eating and was about to head out, she said, if you got anything from up there, you better take it back. I said, no, ma'am, I do not and hurried out the door as I played for the remainder of the afternoon. I felt so uneasy. How did she know that was going to happen? Later that evening, I came in, washed up for dinner, and sat and ate. It was a rather silent night. I sensed an odd feeling. My brother and I said our prayers and we were off to bed. As I drifted off to sleep, I could hear little noises, 
I thought it must just be an old mouse that scurries along the wall. As I was trying to sleep, my eyes got heavy and I saw my grandma coming down the hall. But as she got closer, it was not her. It was some sort of demon. It had these stringy clothes on and walked straight into the room. Once it got on my bed, I tried to scream but I could not. I tried to call for my brother, who was on the top bunk, but my mouth was covered by the thing. It was laughing and sobbing in my mouth. I thought I was going to die. I was absolutely scared to death, and I passed out as it choked me to sleep. The next morning, I woke up to my brother saying it was time to eat. He hopped down and ran for the bathroom thinking I was going to chase him for who's first like every other morning, but I was still in shock. When I finally got to the table, my grandmother asked me how we both slept. My brother said that he had an awful dream that something had broken in. I honestly just didn't say anything. I was way too scared. She said that if we ever go back in there and touch anything, we should never bring it back. We should stay out of there regardless, but if we ever do, don't bring anything back. I am currently in my late 20s, but at the time of these events, my 8th grade school year had just ended. I was excited that I was going to be able to spend the entire summer with my two closest buddies and that we would be heading into the 9th grade together. We did not really do much other than just hang out, play PS2, play some basketball outside, and message girls from our class on Instant Messenger. Which I hope most of you remember what that was. If not, then I guess I'm getting way too old. We would usually hang out at my house because my parents were always cool with my friends being there. And the way my house was set up, we pretty much had a ton of privacy, which was awesome for teenage boys being idiots. My house at the time was located on a quiet street, but my neighborhood was near the regular, rougher sections of my hometown. A close walk from my house was a corner store that sold cheap soda, chips, and candy. This was obviously a frequent destination for me and my friends. Well, about a week after 8th grade ended, my two buddies were staying overnight like they always did. We thought it would be a cool idea to sneak out of the house after my parents went to sleep and walk to the corner store a few blocks away. Of course, not to do anything crazy, but just to have the thrill of being out late on our own. And being a foolish teenager, I had no awareness of the danger I was potentially putting myself and friends in. Around 11, my parents went to sleep, and that is when we decided to sneak out of the house. At first, the thrill of being out was awesome, but the feeling would soon change when we got to the store. We went in there with about 20 bucks, and we planned on spending it on a whole bunch of snacks. We all split up to grab certain things. I was in the back corner looking at the soda when I saw somebody lurking in the opposite corner. The only reason why this was concerning to me was because he was facing me and not facing the shelves or products. I pretended I did not notice him because who knows, maybe it was just a coincidence. As I looked at the Fago sodas, I noticed in the reflection of the cooler that a shadowy figure was now moving closer and still facing me. I quickly grabbed my two-liter soda and went and found my friends. I darted away, and when I looked back, the figure was standing right there, where I was just a moment ago, and still facing me. I was freaked out, but I did not want to let my friends know that I was. I also want to add that there was nobody else in the store other than us, the cashier, and whoever this person was. 
We grabbed our stuff and cashed out. I was trying to be quick about it, but my friends were being stupid and loud, perhaps trying to show off, but honestly, I was just freaking out. We started the several blocks walk home. I was moving good and finally my friend stopped and asked what my problem was. I told them what happened in the store, and they seemed a little bit rattled as well. We continued moving quickly. My house was maybe only 100 feet away at this point when we noticed that the person from the store was now rushing full speed up the hill at us. We ran as fast as we could. Lucky for us, the lunatic was still quite a ways away. We ran into the front door and for some reason still tried to be quiet as to not wake my parents. We turned and locked the door, made sure the lights were off. The person reached my house and started to bang on the door angrily. That is when I finally gave into logic and woke my parents up, who immediately called the authorities. I tried yelling through the door that we called the cops and the person did not seem to respond. He just kept trying to open the door and continued banging on it. After another few minutes, he eventually took a decorative stone from our front yard and broke the window next to the front door. That is when I finally got a good look at the guy. He tried to climb into the window, and the broken glass knocked his hood off. He was completely expressionless. He had dirty blonde hair, was clean-shaven, and honestly looked like an average Joe. He was about halfway through the window when my dad came out with a bat and started swinging at him. Before there was too much of a struggle, we saw the lights and heard sirens. The cops got out of the car screaming and pulled the man out of the window. It was the most intense thing I've ever seen in front of my eyes. The man was obviously arrested. Apparently he had no criminal history and had no history of drugs or alcohol. When questioned by the cops, he said, Honestly, I was just bored and I just wanted to be a little devil, I guess. We had no idea what his intentions were, but just felt incredibly lucky that we somehow came out of that physically unharmed. Mentally, I still think about that night over a decade later. I used to stay up for hours thinking if we were not far ahead of him, who knows what he would have done to us. He probably would have hurt us pretty bad. I also used to stay up late at night fearing that he would show up at my house again when I least expected it. It just goes to show that even the most harmless of decisions can sometimes lead to consequences you regret the most. If you're like me, staying home alone every day in the summer can become a drag. I've always been someone who needs to stay busy all the time. I don't like being alone, and I like to always be active. Last year, after finishing my freshman year of college, I decided to take a summer job to make some extra cash. I worked for a landscaping company, but the pay was under the table. I won't put the name of the company, but the owner seemed eager to get the hell on immediately, so I figured... Perhaps I'd become a full-time employee later in the summer. For the time being, he agreed to pay me based off the different jobs we did. For the first few weeks, it was great. I was getting super tan and jacked from all the lifting. The first three weeks he paid me, and I was getting paid quite well. But by the time we got to the fourth week is when things started to get a bit weird. He usually paid me on Friday, but he didn't pay me this week. When I brought it up to him, he just smiled and saying that he was going to start paying me every two weeks. It was kind of annoying, but basically said whatever because I figured I would just have a fat paycheck in another week or so. Well, fast forward another week and I still don't get paid. Now I'm upset. 
I've been working hard for two weeks and not getting paid. I called my boss and asked what the deal was. He claimed he just forgot and was sorry. I shrugged it off and said whatever it was fine. We agreed to meet on Saturday for the payment. I went to the spot he told me to meet him at and he handed me an envelope. I took it and I told him I'd see him on Monday. When I opened the envelope, it was the pay for just one week. I called him furious, but he insisted he paid me for the previous week. I flipped it over and told him I didn't want to continue working, especially under the table, and that if he was going to be doing this kind of stuff, I'm completely uncomfortable. He called and begged me to come back for a huge job he had next week, and that he would pay me double. I agreed, thinking this would likely be my last job and I could just cash on and move. Monday comes and I meet him at this huge house surrounded by nothing but open land. We started laying mulch and started setting up the front yard. Before I knew it, I was alone. I didn't see him anywhere. I got a little angry that I was now, by myself, doing all this work. After an hour or so, I finally see him emerge from the back of the house. He looked frustrated, almost a little nervous. He came up to me in a very soft voice and said, Can you go and see if you can get the water turned on in the basement? I tried and I couldn't get it, please. It's a weird request, but I honestly wanted to get out of the heat for a second, so I accepted. Once in the basement, I found the water hook up in the matter of seconds, but what I noticed right away was that the water was already on. I turned around quickly, and that's when I saw my boss and some skinny woman standing behind me. He had his hands out facing me, and she had one hand behind her back, almost as if she was concealing something. Before I could speak, he said, You shouldn't have come down here. And just so you know, I am sorry. Thinking quick on my feet, I kicked him in his ankle and ran right by him. I got to the car and drove away and called the police. The worst part about all of it is that there was literally nothing they could do because I was technically working under the table and there was no records of this man's company even though I had seen one of his trucks with the logo on it. Fortunately for me, this guy didn't live where I live and didn't know where I lived at all. It almost seemed like the company was a scam from the start, but I'm not sure what his intentions with me were. I know there is a lot I could have done differently, but this is easily the weirdest and most terrifying experience of my life. Was this psycho really going to try to hurt me over a week or so of pay? Either way, I'm glad I've never ran into that landscaping psychopath ever again. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true summer break horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going. If you guys enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button. The more likes this video gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to me. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating, as that's truly super helpful to me over there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new video, as I upload them nearly every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, 
Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. And like I said, it's absolutely free and always will be. If you would like to support The Swamp outside of hitting that like button, giving us a five-star rating on iTunes, and subscribing, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, face masks, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Come join me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and more, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.